1: To the unbelievable podcast. I am BJ Rydell back here with my guy Drew Maholt and today we have a interesting ongoing discussion to have with all of you. An important decision at the most important position in pro sport is on the horizon for your Minnesota Vikings and so we're going to talk about Kirk Cousins. We don't talk about him enough on this show I feel like and there's um compared to other
0: places. It's a lot less.
1: <laughs> I was being a little sarcastic, but uh, <laughs> we are, we are focusing on Kirk Cousins today. That is uh that is the topic of interest and let's be real here. Um, it's the beginning of March. It's a little bit too early to dive too deep into the draft and it's a little bit too late to talk about the Kevin O'Connell hi- hiring and the end of the 2021 NFL season. So we're kind of in that weird period, right? There's not a whole lot to talk about, but thankfully your Minnesota Vikings have been a content factory for years and are providing us plenty of new stuff, uh, whether it's coming from Mike Zimmer and the athletic um, or just general opinions of people around the organization about their quarterback. So um, it's an important decision. Let's be real here. Um, Kirk Cousins and what his future lies with Minnesota, how that goes about, whether he is here in Minnesota or not. um, That will influence a lot of what the Vikings will do this offseason, beginning with 2022 NFL draft. So we're going to talk about the decision, the pros, the cons, the ins, the outs, the goods, the bads, the bad, and the more bad. So that's the game plan for today. Um, Let's get it started here. Um, So those of you who have listened to the show, I think know that both Drew and myself for the most part are not the biggest of Kirk Cousins fans. On the flip side of that, we're also not the biggest of Kirk Cousins haters. Like this is not a podcast that openly rips on Kirk Cousins just to do it. We don't find things about him to hate. It's more just the information that's presented to us kind of is baffling at times. And there are moments for sure where we have talked about, you know, Kirk Tober, MVP MVP style Kirk, right? We give him his credit when it's due. The problem has been – throughout his Vikings tenure and really throughout his Vikings, his entire NFL career is that he has been a literally a 500 quarterback that has had ebbs and flows throughout his career, whether that's in the regular season or the postseason. And it just simply hasn't been good enough because the original standard that was set back in 2018 when he was brought to this organization was that he was going to elevate this team from being a very good team to a literal Super Bowl contending team that could get this team over the hump and get Super Bowl number one in the franchise history. That has not happened. And that's the standard that was set in 2018 for good, bad, fair, or fair not. That's what happened. So Mm -hmm. now you've got a brand new regime. You've got Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensah at the helm. There's rumors swirling that it makes sense for him to stick around because of O'Connell's background with him, having worked with him in Washington, as well as the comments that he has made. Although those comments are a little bit broad and they lack a lot of context, and you can kind of read me be through, through the, between the lines a little bit so there is some room for discussion. But ultimately, this decision impacts probably the next five to ten-ish years of this organization, whatever the Vikings decide to do here. And it's the perfect opportunity to move one way or the other, whether you're going to commit to a moving forward or whether you're going to move forward with a different quarterback, whether that's a rookie, a veteran, a bridge, whatever. So what do you think? Where are you at with, again, an incredibly important decision that's going to to affect the paycheck of hundreds of people in the Vikings organization?
0: I think, first of all, we should start by not reading into any of uh, O'Connell's comments about Kirk Cousins. And if you're doing that, I think you're already making a mistake about this whole thing. Because he is, I mean, I, I think the term was kind of coined for Spielman kind of just giving generic, answers to questions as rick speak uh, i think right. ted glover kind of coined that one over at the daily norseman uh when he was writing there and that's what he he's giving the coach speak right now that's what o'connell's doing he's giving you the generic answer where he doesn't really give you substance but he answers the question generically broadly and kind of just to just to get the question answered type thing right uh, when he right. is in front of the media and because he knows and i, I he's he was well-versed I'm sure. in the the questions that would be asked him about Kirk cousins. And he fully understands that he is kind of a controversial topic and that, you know, there's a lot of good, a lot of bad. So he's not going to give you an answer because he probably has something made up in his mind as to what he wants to do, at least for 2022. And he just doesn't want to share that yet because sharing that now would probably be a disadvantage for him and the organization. So there's no reason for him to share that now on the flip side uh, what the Vikings will do, I think, at the end of the day, at some point, Quasey and O'Connell would like to start by bringing in their own quarterback. I think that's what which any regime new regime, doesn't. yeah, any new regime wants to do that, unless you're gifted a Tom Brady uh, or a Peyton Manning, right? The Denver and um, you know Tampa Bay were able to kind of put off their search for a franchise quarterback in order to get these guys in and, and win championships. The Vikings probably don't have that luxury right now. And Kirk Cousins is no Brady or no Manning or anything like that. So right, uh, there's an argument to be made there that I, I think the Vikings are leaning. And this is just me speculating based on the fact that this is a brand new regime. My uh, speculation would be that the Vikings are keeping Kirk Cousins for a maximum of one more year, unless he blows everybody out of the water in 2022. Um, and that means, yeah, he might play on a $45 million cap hit in 2022. I know there's been some denial of that, or maybe it's O'Connell or, or Kwesi, either one of them has said um, he will not play on this, and there's needs to be numbers figured out. But I think it's very possible that he does stay at that number and the Vikings kind of play a wait-and-see type of game because ultimately I, I do think when you get a new regime and a new GM – Odds are they want their own quarterback unless this guy's an absolute top five stud, which I don't think Kirk Cousins is.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good basis to look at this from. It's not even a truly an evaluation of Kirk Cousins, although it's just basically an evaluation that says he's not Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. That's really all you mm-hmm. really need to know. But again, which regime in NFL history didn't want to try with its own guy? You know, scout, uh, sign whatever it is, make that decision based off of their, you know, agenda, right. Whatever materials or resources they have at their disposal. Um, that's what it's been like forever. I I don't know any, you know, unless you're like Ryan Poles, where you just inherited Justin Fields, who's on, you know, his rookie deal. He's in his second year. It's a little bit different, but for the most part, every regime starts over completely. And especially when you're starting with, you know, starting over at the GM position too, not just head coach, uh, So let's look at the materials that we have at our disposal so far. There's been rumors swirling that the Minnesota Vikings have engaged the Carolina Panthers about a trade for Kirk cousins. That would essentially spell a reset, right? You bring in Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold or whoever the hell it is at like an $18 million cap hit, I believe was the number that I saw. And then you draft a rookie and you'd move forward and Darnold would essentially be your bridge quarterback. Uh, Kirk cousins can also be your bridge quarterback, by the way. Um, We've got the influence of Mike Zimmer, which continues to be ringing throughout Um, the last couple months here, uh, there's been a ripple effect since this guy left the organization. I did not see this for Mike Zimmer, by the way. That's neither here nor there, but I did not see him leaving this organization and just being crucified, you know, basically across the board and having all kinds of different things leaked about him. But essentially, we just found out a report, I believe it was from Chad Graff at The Athletic, that stated that Mike Zimmer hated, in so many words, right, that he's hated Kirk cousins. He thought he didn't make quote winning plays um, and that he was part of the reason why the Vikings could not get over, you know, the hump and essentially placing a lion's share of the blame on his quarterback, who was reportedly, once again, forced on him by Rick Spielman and the upper management team. Now, what else do we know? Kevin O'Connell, like I said before, worked with Kirk cousins in Washington. He seems to have a positive vantage point on the quarterback he's also good friends with in addition to sean McVay, but he comes from the kyle shanahan school of thought right and shanahan Malifor, as we know yep. shanahan as we know loves kurt cousins and has actually tried to get him on multiple occasions so you've got conflicting information which is normal by the way it's the offseason in the nfl there isn't necessarily a right direction here it's it's kind of just Seeing what's out there, what type of options you do have? Is there a right answer to this? I don't know. Um, is playing with Kirk Cousins at a forty-five million dollars cap hit a bad decision? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, you're kind of in a rebuild year. It's not. It's not that's, the worst thing that. That's could happen.
0: what for. And I, I don't. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic or too, um, I guess, dark-minded with this. But I don't. I I, I think twenty twenty-two is a down year, no matter what. Um, right. yeah, I think yeah. what happened the last two years is probably the Vikings peak uh, or their you know highest potential for 2022, given where they're at with the cap, given that they have to slash a bunch of key contracts of still really good players um, that need to re- be replaced somehow, which means you're either going to have to really hit big on a free agent signing yeah. or hit big on a draft pick that immediately contributes in a big way, which seems very unlikely. So this is a 500 team. Um, probably that's probably being generous. I mean, you're probably looking at six, seven, eight wins next season to me. Um, this is with Kirk cousins at quarterback. So that to me is why I'm okay with really whatever decision is made, um, for 2022. That means if they keep Kirk at 45 million cap hit and they kind of, play wait and see and they kind of give him that chance to earn another extension, which is what they should have done in the first place before the first extension he signed with the Vikings. But if they kind of give him that chance, I'm all for it because you kind of put him finally in a spot where he doesn't necessarily have the leverage where he kind of has to earn that money. Um, And it's, it's not an extension given to him prior to his contract being up. I think you could spark something in him again. I doubt it because we're 10 years into his career and he hasn't really, seen much of a spark in that game that has changed anything big time in his performance, but who knows, maybe that happens, but ultimately I think next season is, is going to be a down year. It's going to be a middling to, uh, you know, poor season in terms of winning. So I'm kind of open to really anything that O'Connell and Kwesi have to try. If they want to draft the quarterback. That's fine. If they want to keep Kirk on his cap hit for another year, that's fine. I just get a little worried about an extension where,
1: you're affecting the future.
0: You're affecting the future and you're putting you again, you're shoving a bunch of that um, cap, you know, what 15, 20% plus into the quarterback that, right. I mean, for as great as he's been at times, he's one of the top five pocket passers in the NFL He's put up some huge numbers. Justin Jefferson's put up some huge numbers because of Kirk, but ultimately the wins just aren't there for this guy. So that's where I get concerned is already giving him the extension, which clearly was a mistake after the 2019 season when you've gone under 500 the last two years.
1: I think the kind of the the underlying point here is that there isn't necessarily a right answer for 2022, but there's definitely a wrong answer for 2023 and beyond. That's kind of where I'm at as well. It's that, if you're a brand new regime and you've got a, a quarterback that was part of a ultimately the last couple of years, a losing regime for since 2018, Mm -hmm. basically. Right. You've got this quarterback that has been solid. I'm not, I'm never going to say that cousins has been bad, right? My problem with Kirk is always more on a personal level. I think he's boring. I think he doesn't relate well to his teammates. And I think that he just kind of lacks social awareness to a degree where he, the 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 term that people have been to throw around are like he lacks swag. Well, yeah, no shit, but like he doesn't have the ability to galvanize an organization the same like, way that Joe Burrow does, that Lamar Jackson yeah. does. That pick your guy. He just. I'm going to throw another name ability. out
0: there that does this better than Kirk. That's Baker Mayfield. He's got a little bit of that moxie, that swag. That even though Kirk's a markedly better player. I think Baker right. has this ability where, and and I know the Odell questions might come up, but like right. there's something where this guy is willing to do, go the extra mile for his teammates uh, to me, to Baker uh, shows that to me anyway. And it doesn't seem like Kirk is about that. Um, and I think, you know, I was reading through, I don't know if you you saw the, uh, the Drew McGarry kind of yeah. hit piece of that was on Kirk, which if you haven't checked that out, oh, you should, it's hilarious. Um, and there's a, you know, of course it's, it's satire. It's a joke. And, and, and Drew's and Drew's hilarious in his writing, but you know, there was this, there was a piece in there where he said something about, you know, Kirk doesn't do anything extra because he doesn't trust himself. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's Kirk does not go the extra mile to win games, to make that extra play to um, maybe die for that key first down, or, you know, he's not going to do, you know, maybe break out of his three-step progression to make the special play that's needed to go down and win the game, things like that. We haven't seen that from him. Um, Any big time throw he's made in the clutch or under pressure or, you know, when it's absolutely needed for a a team in that particular game, it's been within the flow of a play call and within the flow of a progression. And that's not the bad thing playing within the scheme and within what's asked of you as, as you know, that's great for a coach. I mean, a coach probably loves him to a degree, um, but ultimately it's about winning games and you see, you see Burrow, you see Mahomes, you see Lamar Jackson, you see Russell Wilson, you see these guys always improvising because they know that's the next step needed to win the game. That's where my fault lies with Kirk. Otherwise across the board, the guy's an awesome player. He really is. I mean, he makes all the throws you need him to at times. He'll step away from pressure. Um, And he he, just Jefferson probably likes him in terms of the numbers he's given him in his first two years as a pro. So
1: I think it's worth noting that Cousins is above average, probably top tier of in in terms of on schedule passing, which is what Quasey was schedule, talking. Yeah. About, what he was talking about in his most recent press conference, where I can't remember what the reporter asked, but Quasi essentially elaborated on, you know, what Kirk does best is he operates very well when things are good.
0: I think it was when him. he has the leverage. I think was the term yeah. that he used.
1: So, and that's important. Right. Like, because the if you're coaching effectively, right, like 60, 70% of the game, if not more, is going to be this on schedule passing, right? Good protection in front of you, three step drop, ball comes out, first down. Like, those are all good things because that's going to happen for most of the plays. The problem is that we don't remember most of the plays, we remember the play or the series of plays. You remember the
0: third and eights where he checks it down to CJ ham. Exactly. Cause that's number three in his progression for two yards. And then they punt, you know,
1: exactly. So he's forgettable in that sense, because when the play breaks down and shit hits the fan, he doesn't know what to do. And it's, 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 it's painfully annoying for Vikings fans. It's painfully annoying for Drew McGarry for sure. <laughs> right. And it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like you can only operate on schedule for so long because ultimately, if you look at NFL history for whatever year you want, if you look at the biggest moments, they're not coached. They almost never are coached. It's the Odell Beckham catch over the shoulder. It's Joe Burrow, the in- the entire playoffs this season. (laughs) Yeah. Like whatever it is, it's when that spotlight comes on and like, you don't like flip that switch, you know, like the spotlight comes on and you better be ready for it. There's more that uh, turns it on.
0: Joe Montana to Dwight Clark, the catch. I mean, he's just, Rolling to his right, and he threw the perfect ball on the run, fading away. You know, I mean, it's Brett Brett
1: Favre to Greg Lewis. Like, pick whatever moment you want. It has nothing to do with the scheme most of the time. Like, yeah, the coaches set up the play, but what do what do the best coaches in NFL history always say? Players win games. It almost never has anything to do with the play that was called. It's, it's the preparation, sure, and making sure that your guys are ready for that moment and coaching guys who have the same mentality and are able to work with each other to be ready for that big moment. That's coaching, right? But it's the players who go out there when it really counts. And when that moment happens, whether, I mean, you just got to be ready for it. And it seems mm-hmm. like Kirk never is. He was one time. the Touchdown in the back of the end zone of Kyle Rudolph against the Saints. He was ready for that moment. I commend him for that. It's really what a lot of people hang their hats on when they're talking about Kirk Cousins and his success yeah. in Minnesota, right? The point is, is that he doesn't win enough. And it doesn't matter what the statistics look like. Like if he was a 2,500-yard passer and he won 14 games last year, I wouldn't care. I would say, all right. Are we winning in spite of I mean, him? That's, that's what's that's going the Teddy on here. Bridgewater
0: I mean, 20 Teddy Bridgewater 2015 season. I think they went 11 and five. Teddy's QB box score numbers really bad. And I, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not here to say Kirk. Or, I mean, Teddy is a better player than Kirk overall. He's not yeah. anything like that. Uh, I would take Kirk Cousins over Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but there's something about being able to win, right? I mean, Kirk and what this was, he just completed his fourth year. Didn't win 11 games this season once. Uh, or hasn't yet, and he might still in the future. I don't know, but there's something about performing when it matters. Um, in I think what you know, one of those key terms that uh, O'Connell, I think it was O'Connell, brought up today was the middle eight minutes of the game, and then you know that last couple minutes in the game. Those are key moments in the in the game. I love those that he talked points, about that, by the way, points in those you know boxes of time are very crucial. The Viking is now a lot of that last year was Mike Zimmer's defense collapsing at the end of halves that, and we're not here to blame exclusively Mike Zimmer or exclusively Kirk cousins, both deserve blame. And that's why one of them for sure is out of the job. And potentially the other one is also out of the same job that he had. Um, but there's, I, I think, I mean, in so many words, we're saying Kirk has had chances to carry this team to wins the way other quarterbacks do and have shown, and he hasn't done it consistently enough. He has a few wins and he actually, there's a lot of times in this past season where he needed to drive down the field 40 yards in 50 seconds and did so and got the Vikings in position. And
1: we, and we gave him credit for that too. We, we gave him about credit that a for lot. it.
0: A lot, of, a lot of those games earlier in the season where he had to have a drive, even got screwed on against the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was there, but down the stretch of the year, the Vikings needed to win these games and he wasn't there, but he didn't show up.
1: So here's the other piece of information that I think is super important. Kurt Cousins was 33 years old last season. It means he's going to be 34 if you do the math, right? I, I don't understand why people are so ready to keep him around for three, four, five, six years with a brand new regime when that means that he's going to be 37, 38, 39 by the time his next contract is up,
0: probably like, playing on a $50 million cap it, at least.
1: Exactly. This has nothing. This in itself has nothing to do with anything about Kirk other than his age. He's he's going to be playing in his year 34 season come 2022. This is a good time in this, in some respects, right? Like you've not only got the new regime, but you've got an aging quarterback. I know that Tom Brady p- played till he was 45 or whatever. That's not normal. Most good quarterbacks, like still very good quarterbacks, run out of gas around 38, 39 for sure, if not earlier. I expect Kirk Cousins to be one of those normal human being quarterbacks that runs out of gas around year 36, 37, 38. And I think that's a fair expectation because he's not an alien like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, whatever. By the way, Drew Brees and Fred Roethlisberger Hall of Famers ran out of gas around that time in their. Career.
0: They, they are so, tired too late. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah, Brees and Roethlisberger.
1: So my question is like this, again, this has nothing to do with O'Connell. This has nothing to do with cousins himself outside of the actual age of his body. Why are you so quick to be like, let's keep this guy around long-term when this is a good time. Like you, the, the, this regime can lose now for two years before people start asking questions, three years before they start, people start calling for their heads and probably four years before they get fired based on what the Wilfs have done in the past mm-hmm. with their coaches. So there's no expected immediate turnaround. So why not start thinking about the future whether that's Kirk Cousins as a bridge, which I think that's kind of where I lean, by the way. Like, if you were to ask me, like, what do you want to do with Kirk Cousins? My answer would be, I want him to be the bridge quarterback to the next guy. And I would like to... That's kind of if, my
0: thought, too.
1: I would like to either... Because you're still giving him the opportunity
0: to, like, earn the job if, if he... Right. ...has a fantastic season and the Vikings win a bunch of games. And In which he case, has you move the rookie
1: then, stuff. right? Like, it, yeah. if Kirk Cousins has a... I'll have a
0: Packers right now.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, that's... that's Green Bay was stupid because they knew what they had. There was no questions about Aaron Rodgers, but like in practice, that's a, that's not a bad idea. The Patriots did it three, three times with Garoppolo Brissett. I think there is
0: Kevin, O'Connell. Kevin <laughs>
1: O'Connell. Okay. So drafting quarterbacks is never a bad thing. It, it's about what level of compensation are you willing to give the, that's another, you know, factor in this decision, by the way, is that this QB class is not the strongest to say the least. There's no bona fide. There's no, there's no Cam Newton, Joe Burrow at Andrew the top, Locke. right? Andrew Luck. There's no, there's no definitive stud prospect that's going to sit up there and it's going to be the guy. And by the way, the Vikings would get him anyways, because what they're picking 12th. So that's not going to happen, but, you have the opportunity to draft someone and there's a couple of good players. I mean, Malik Willis comes to mind for me. I I think that would be my pick if you wanted to completely go in a different direction and start to embrace some of these new 2020 years, two twenties and beyond um, concepts and, you know, play calling and style of NFL games, Uh, but there's other guys too. I mean, you know, Carson Strong has had a bit of an issue with uh, interviewing it sounds like, but he's a nice looking prospect. There's you know Sam Howell who also looks good. I mean, there's a number of different names who, Kenny Pickett, of course, like these, all of these guys, by the way, could slip to 12 because they're not definitive studs. So part of this, one of the biggest factors here is just what's available to you when you get to that draft podium. Are you going to get the cornerback like Derek Stingley or, you know, sauce Gardner or whatever, or do you want to take the quarterback now? Have Kirk Cousins bridge you to 2023, then throw this guy into the fire, do something like the 49ers are likely doing with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, yeah. where it's like, you get one more shot. We're going to give you the chance to not just put up the numbers, but put up the W's. And yeah. then if you do that, we'll get rid of the other guy. Like that's it's where, just, that's that mean, simple
0: that's I think where I lie to is I think you can accomplish. Like, I think there's the, this, the section of the Vikings fandom that is get rid of Kirk at all costs right now, right now. And I've admittedly expressed some of those things before, I think on my own, uh, whether it's with my friends or whether it's on the show or on Twitter, whatever. Um, The more I think about it again, the fact that I think 2022 is going to be, a five to eight win season, probably at best. Um, I I have no problem with keeping Kirk then for the season to let him and give him another chance. I know he's had a hunt, like a, how many chances now uh, to kind of show us he has that, you know, winning play in the crunch time, but I'm willing to give him that chance, bring in another young quarterback, have that guy there ready for, his shot, you know. Let Kirk be the mentor, and whether Kirk is willing to do that or not, I, I don't know. Think he but is. that's kind of he'll be of he'll be getting well. he'll be the you know on the cap pit for forty five million dollars. You can basically wash out next season, and move into twenty twenty three with either Kirk off his best season as a pro and a double digit win team, ready to compete for a championship, or you're done with Kirk, no longer owe him any money, and you're on to the next era at quarterback with someone that was handpicked by your new regime. That's my kind of thought. And that's what I would like to see them do. I would be a little bit upset uh, if an extension was offered to Kirk again, just because
1: I think that's really how many years,
0: how many years into this are we now with him? And why would we expect him to change and suddenly be this big crunch time clutch performer out of nowhere? I know
1: he's old, but guys, he's old. He's not, it, uh, he's not is he rich if he's rich Gannon, okay then yeah well let's 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 extend him but i don't think he's rich Gannon, and, and he's definitely not tom brady so i don't think he's kurt warner so it's a 500 quarterback that puts up great volume numbers
0: like a, it's like clockwork nice that he that he ends up around 500 for the year like it's
1: he's 59 59 and two through 10 years of nfl football folks
0: and that's, that's not act like every season he's had this horrible roster around him and and things like that. He's had some good pieces around him in Washington, 2018 and 2019. The Vikings roster was filled Filled. with talent. Very good. Like a top 10 at minimum roster in the league in both occasions,
1: 18, 12 and one in those two years. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So other factors that are included in this decision now, right? You've also got expiring contracts with Drew talked about. You've got, a quarterback that, by the way, has value, regardless of what we say on this show. And this is important about reading between the lines of what Kevin O'Connell is saying or Kwesi Adolfo Mesa is saying, is that they're not going to speak ill of Kirk Cousins openly because he is their prized asset, whether he's going to be with this team or not. They're not going to say, oh, he sucks. We're getting rid of him. They're going to yeah, say there's oh, talk
0: we... of Carson Wentz fielding a first round pick. If he's fielding a first, round ah, pick, Jared Goff, I raise you Jared Goff. Goff. Today, first they were talking about pick.
1: Detroit wants a first-round pick for Jared Goff.
0: If those two guys are fielding first-rounders, Kirk is absolutely fielding a first-rounder and, like you said, is a very valuable asset.
1: So this is important, too. You can't – there's two wrong decisions here, in my opinion. One, extending Kirk Cousins without allowing him to play out one more season. Like, you got to – I'm with Drew on that. Let him earn it. Poor decision number two – is to let that contract expire and let him hit the open market without getting any resources for this guy. Think about in NFL history, when a quarterback hits the open market, what has happened? I mean, I think Peyton Manning's probably the best example of this. Maybe Brett Favre as well. Uh, Or no, Brett Favre never actually. I guess Brett Favre hit the open market after the Jets, right? Uh, But he was a little bit. I don't think anyone expected anything. He
0: wanted to be a Viking the whole
1: time. (laughs) Right. Okay. So there is the frenzy for these free agent quarterbacks. The point is that I'm making is that quarterbacks don't hit the open market for a reason, because there's always someone who wants them, right? There's always someone who he has value to think about Carolina. Those fans are probably salivating at the opportunity to have a quality quarterback to pair with their playmakers, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. They would love the idea Mm -hmm of having a guy who could just get their ball to their playmakers and make all the on-schedule throws. They're not thinking of course, about the long-term aspirations and the over the hump aspiration. They're just thinking, Hey, this guy could get it to Justin Jefferson for 1500 plus. Why couldn't he do it with DJ Moore? It makes sense, right? There's always someone who wants an above average quarterback. And that is what Kirk Cousins is. Unfortunately, he's quarterback number 14 and that's technically above average in the NFL, which has 30 starting quarterbacks, right? So two bad decisions. Don't let him walk without getting something for him and don't extend him beyond the 2023 season without letting him earn the opportunity to do so. Because you are going to look dumb as hell if your first move as a general manager in the NFL is to extend a guy for multiple years and he goes 5-12 and a, 12, and this team has the number 8 overall pick next year. So they're not good enough to get a and- –
0: Good quarterback, right? And you can't draft a guy because you already have your starting quarterback in place. I mean, it's, oh my God, it will
1: drive me nuts. I will, I will want, <laughs> I will be so done with this regime before it even really gets started. So basically what it comes down to is don't step on your own toes. If you don't do that, like don't do anything. Hell like just keep talking. Coach speak. Don't do anything.
0: Yes, yeah. chill. Sit there. I would love to hear the offers that or the actual,
1: what you would know. you take? I think that's the, that's the, that's probably the way that this discussion is going to go is that we don't have the answer, right? And I, again, I think that we've made it pretty clear that we're open to most results this season, which I think is fair. And I think that that's honestly, like that's the objective way to look at this, is that you're, you're open to anything other than don't kill the future in any way, basically. Don't kill the future. That's where we're yeah. at on this show. So what would it take to, to let Kirk Cousins go? What would you accept as a trade if it means getting rid of the, co- the contract And moving on from this era of Kirk Cousins football, which means you're probably going to be even worse than you're already. So
0: I liked the idea. I think somebody had mentioned, I don't know how, how realistic this is, but Panthers have, I think the eighth overall pick sixth, eighth, something like that. If Vikings can get a pick that high because then they can kind of, again, we know we talked about the quarterbacks in this class, not being, you know, elite level, like some other classes of quarterbacks have been, but You would get your pick at one of those kind of top three guys uh, to bring in and give a chance to start potentially. But then also getting rid of the current contract in a trade over to Carolina. If you get Sam Darnold back, fine. I think he's horrible. But you could in some way find another veteran quarterback to start. Yeah, sure. And Darnold can be QB3. That's fine with me. But find another, you know, veteran quarterback for $10 $10 million or something like that to play for the season. And you can kind of have a QB battle in there between Malik Willis Mond, and Darnold, Marcus Wills. Mariota or whoever yeah. else it is, you know? So, and that's right. We haven't even talked about Kellen Mond. Uh, maybe we, all we need to see was on that Lambeau game <laughs> when he stepped in for a couple of throws for uh, Sean yeah, Mannion. But uh, that's, that's my thought is you, if you get a pick that high, like the Panthers offer Darnold plus the sixth or eighth overall pick, I think you take that. If you get a first rounder plus a mid round pick out of something, I think you take that. Does it um, need to the, be
1: a first rounder to, to unload Kirk cousins?
0: You know, I think so because like what's from, the what minimum? Under, from what I understand. And I mean, if Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are getting first round pick interest, then you, you as a general manager and as a team can definitely build up the leverage to get a first round pick for Kirk cousins, who is in my opinion, quite, you know, higher in the ranks than those two guys. So that's where I stand is you got to get a first round pick. And if that means taking on a contract of a worse QB for the year, like a Darnold or like a Baker Mayfield, yep. that's fine with me. Um, because then you can start the process of actually rebuilding your roster. You're not paying $45 million to for your quarterback. You're paying, what is it? 18 or whatever it is for, for one year for, for Darnold for one year. Yep. So you have 27 extra million dollars uh, to play around with, to start building your roster, to start paying free agents for the long haul and you convince these guys that we have a model to rebuild now because we have this cap space. We have a whole new regime with this mindset, with this approach, with this philosophy, with this attitude, and we can start that process. I think you're putting off a, a ton of the rebuild process if you keep Kirk around for the one year. But, and it, again, I also think that that year's already a waste anyway, just based on the structure of the roster. So Kind of a couple ways I do it. If you could get a trade, get a first rounder plus extra for Kirk now, I think you do it. Otherwise, you stick with Kirk on $45 million this year. Let him earn that. Otherwise, you'd kind of get rid of him.
1: So a couple of things to think about here, and this is, this is going to kind of dilute the conversation a little bit, but if you look at like the pick value chart, right, like there's a huge difference between Carolina's first round pick, the number six overall, by the way, I did the fact checking, um, or like, for example, Pittsburgh, who has the number 20 overall, Pick in the first yeah. round, a huge difference in what those picks are valued. Right, uh, what you get from Carolina in return is substantially different than Pittsburgh. It's still good. It's still in theory a good, comp- like a good level of compensation for any individual player, especially in a team that's about to go through a rebuild and is trying to, you know, unload some salary. I don't know what my minimum is. I think I'm with you that it's got to be at least a first. And it could just be literally like a first and a quarterback for Kirk Cousins, something like that. I think I'd be okay with that. But like, if you're going to trade with Carolina, like you're probably trading Kirk plus like a third to get the sixth overall pick. Like, like Kirk
0: plus So in
1: theory, you're trading away more players or to be players. Whereas like, if you were to trade with Pittsburgh, who is, I don't know what, I don't, again, I'm, Completely, completely pulling this out of my ass. So there's nothing, there's no news basis for trading him to Pittsburgh outside of the fact that Mike Tomlin speculated that he wanted a veteran quarterback to start following Ben Roethlisberger's tenure. But if you trade him to like, if you trade him to Pittsburgh, you're getting like the number 20, you're unloading your contract, and you're probably not giving up any picks. In fact, you might be getting number 20 and then what number, what would it be, number 40 or like number 60. Like if you could get number twenty and number sixty for Kirk Cousins and that Josh Dobbs, Josh yeah. Dobbs, give me yeah. number twenty, number sixty, and Josh Dobbs for Mason Kirk
0: Cousins.
1: <laughs> hey, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't like. I don't care who that quarterback is as long as it's a body that understands the NFL game. Because you can't go into next season with just Kellen Mond, right? Like it, that can't happen. Like that, that just can't happen. You I mean, could. you could. It's not going to go well. Like no. so. I don't know. Like it, it becomes a difficult situation. And and I think it really is important to note that this decision, the big decision is also the first decision by this regime.
0: You would think what, that would set the tone for everything else. So
1: absolutely. So that's scary, right? Like if you're Kwesi and you you're on the phone and you're like, all right, are we going to do I mean, this I, or not? I, it there might into be the back other of decisions
0: your where it's like, you know, maybe they cut uh, Anthony Barr or they cut, Harrison Smith, but those decisions, if they do something like that, where they're getting rid of a bigger contract, it's because they're going to keep Kirk Cousins. That's why they're making that decision of Anthony Barr is gone or, or, or Adam Thielen's gone or, or Harrison Smith is gone. Those guys would be gone because Kirk is staying put because $45 million is going to stay on the cap from him. So that decision is going to be made first, whether it's announced I, publicly or not is another thing.
1: Right. And to be honest with you, I kind of think that it already has been made. Like they can say they're still evaluating it, but they're leaning one way or the other right now.
0: Oh like, I'm sure yeah, there's gonna
1: be develop there's gonna be developing factors like
0: I'm sure they've got it set up now where all right, if we get this and this offered to us, we're taking it. Or uh we're staying, we're sticking with Kirk for this year, unless this, or hey, maybe they already have an extension worked out with his agent. That's hey, we just need you to dot these size and cross these T's, and we'll sign this and he'll be our quarterback for through 2024, you know.
1: In theory, too, cousins' value right? It's, it's at its peak right now. Cause everyone's scared, right? Like teams are scared. They're not going to have a quarterback for next season. So trading him before the draft, when these teams still don't have their answer at quarterback in theory is, is kind of like, you'd think it'd be the move, but then there's that second tier of like peak value and that's panic. And us as Vikings fans know that, right? if you lose your quarterback or you don't get your quarterback, like what if you are Carolina and at number six, you're honed in on Malik Willis being your guy for the next 15 years. And Atlanta comes out of nowhere as they did Mm -hmm. for Julio Jones. And they're like, all right, we're going to jump in at number five and he's going to be our guy. And all of a sudden you don't have your quarterback. Now there's panic. And that's a different level of like, what you're willing to get rid of in order then to, un-
0: that's in- how the Vikings end up with Christian Ponder.
1: That's <laughs> exactly. And that's also how the Vikings could end up with even more than they re- rationally deserve for, co- for co- her cousins. So I don't know if there's a right answer. That's really what this podcast boils down to is that this is a huge monumental franchise altering decision. And I'm thankful I'm not the general manager because I have no idea what you actually should do here. The problem is, is that someone does need to make that decision and I'm going to judge them for it. And I'm sorry oh, yeah. for that, but I'm going to, because that's my role in this universe is that I am fan. You are upper management. You make the call. And I tell you if you suck or not, that's how that works. Someone's got to make the call and there's going to be a right way. And there's going to be a wrong way when we look at this five years from now. But right now, let's just chill. That's kind of where I'm at. Just relax. Let's let Have fun Let's with let it.
0: things play out. a Have little. Have fun bit. with it.
1: Yeah, have like a little that.
0: fun. Yeah, you know this might be the end of Kirk Cousins. It might it be. Could be. I will say, I'm enjoying how hot the Kirk Cousins takes are on my <laughs> Twitter feed. It goes and it's both, both ways. directions too. It's both directions. It it's is. like
1: politics, man. It's like complete extremes it's, on both. It's things. radical
0: pro Kirk, radical anti Kirk. And there's very few people actually in the middle. I think I'm closer to the anti Kirk side, and I've been. I said, like some if, you, things that, if you
1: drew a line in the middle, I'd be like a little, no, probably is I still more think than Kirk a little.
0: Is, I think Kirk is underrated in general by the general public, like the whole prime time record and the uh, big game stats and blah, blah, blah. Like I, I don't believe in all those narratives. I just think in general, the guy doesn't win enough. And I think it's, to me, it's very simple. You look at his win loss record. I think you, I think wins are a little bit of a quarterback stat. I think it's impossible to remove it to just say they're not or to say they are. I think it's in between. And that's where I think you see Kirk's record and you're like, okay, this guy, there's something he doesn't quite have that others do. Yeah. So I know we're, we're extending the conversation longer than it needs to be, but that's. No, that's the point of a
1: podcast, right? You guys didn't pick this up to watch a five minute YouTube video. You wanted us to really dig into this and give you our full sentiment on what should happen with Kirk cousins. And ultimately you're going to get to the end of the visit video and you're going to be like, Well, I didn't really learn anything, but you hopefully were entertained because I think ultimately at the end of the day here, it comes down to one thing. The Vikings set up expectations in 2018 of winning a super bowl with Kirk Cousins at the quarterback position, because case Keenum wasn't good enough to get you past the NFC championship. That never came close. And that to me is all that matters. It's not even a QB wins thing. It's literally the, the bar was set here. And Kurt got to like right here-ish. And I'm – there's a sizable difference in my hands if you're listening to this on audio. So that's where I'm at is that when expectations – we talked about this with Mike Zimmer. When expectations are not met and you're given more resources and you're given the things that you in theory need and you don't reach the goal, people get fired. So that's where I'm at. Like that's where it is right now. And so ultimately, chill. Don't extend them. don't Don't cut them. Don't do anything rash. Just be (laughs) chill, relax, let things play out. Let someone else, let make something, no pun intended, right? Let someone else make the stupid mistake for once in my life, for once. Let the other team do something stupid and the Vikings can benefit from it. I would love to see Herschel Walker the other way around. I would love to see Sam Bradford the other way around. Do something that isn't just like, Freaking out about losing your job because you, these two guys in place, Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa, you guys have stability. So make a smart, rational, timely decision when you want to. That's where I'm at. That's the big decision. That's I mean, that's all I have to say. Are we missing anything else? Is there anything that has came up throughout the week that we did not touch on that somehow doesn't bleed into Kirk Cousins in one way or another? Or do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share with our adoring audience before we get out of here today?
0: No, I don't know. Uh, You know, we'll probably talk some more Kirk Cousins here in the future. So buckle up. We're, We're getting close to draft time and then
1: we will kind of start to engage that. Um, that quarterback discussion, as well as that cornerback discussion, um, which I love by the way, I'll just preface this by saying the fact that we're already having the debate of sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley for the Vikings at 12, that's being debated based off of mock drafts by pros at ESPN and so forth. I'm so excited to have that discussion. And I think it's so funny that Mike Zimmer's gone and yet quarterback cornerback in round one is still potentially the pick. So that will be a future discussion we'll have, um. We'll talk about some other things as well. And I'm sure sure Kirk Cousins will come up as well. So thank you as always for listening to us. Um, You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast. We are available there. Make sure to check out the rest of the Climbing the Pocket Network Monday through Friday. Those guys are producing unique and brand new content reacting to different stories in the content factory. That is the Minnesota Vikings. So make sure to check out the rest of our team and what they're doing for the network, as well as the daily Norseman for your written content. That's where it's at as far as blogging goes on the internet for your Minnesota Vikings, the daily Norseman. So thank you as always folks for listening to us. If you prefer to listen, if you prefer to watch us talk about this, you can check us out on YouTube, but if not, um, thank you for listening and we will catch you guys. next week.